we're a society that's just drowning in the ability to connect, but um, longing for true connection. And it's it's cool to see that it's very apparent when you walk into any ferals that those people are not just there to work out. They're there because they enjoy being around each other. They're, you know, they're joking, they're laughing, they know what's going on in, in everybody's life. And um, that's so important to have that community centered around a common goal. Hello, this is Lance Farrell with Life at Level 10, where you get inspired to live your best life. Hi, this is Lance. I'm here with a very special guest, Joey Sinwell. He did martial arts with us when he was really young. I'm going to have him tell his story. We'll walk through some of his struggles and successes. And first, Joey, welcome. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Tell us about Joey. Who is Joey Sinwell? I'm a dad. Um, that's probably the funnest thing for me right now. I have a little four-year-old son named Declan. And, um, you know, as you said, I, I started at, in martial arts at a pretty young age. Um, back when I lived in Des Moines, I was right up the street from the one of the very first Urbandale locations in that uh, brick building. And um, we eventually moved out to Adel. Uh, towards the end of my high school career, I joined the military. Spent just under 10 years as a medevac helicopter crew chief, um, deployed to Afghanistan, Iraq, and Kuwait. And when I wasn't doing that, I was working uh, here locally at a, a large financial institution. Um, recently just changed jobs. Um, I'm retired from the military now. Yeah, I, uh, I'm big on into meditation and sobriety and and uh and working in those in those circles of people and and it's uh it's a wonderful life. Joey, thank you for your service. I don't think people can thank our military vets enough, but you clearly had a big career there and went Iraq, Afghanistan, Kuwait. That's those are some hot areas at the time, I'm sure. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit. Let's go back to when you started Taekwondo. I know you started when you were probably six or seven years old. Is that close yeah i did and uh you know it's funny that's you know you shared your your story about how you got into taekwondo on one of your previous podcasts and um that you you wanted it almost as like a revenge thing and and uh, yeah. that resonated with me because that was that was my story too i was um i was getting picked on a lot in school and i wasn't that great at sports and so there was just not a lot of ways for me to fit in as a kid and I remember feeling like I, I can't wait to learn this Taekwondo stuff and just really, really whoop on these kids, you know, and and then I, I, I recall I still remember to this day we we sat down and, and Todd Dore, um, Master Dore started having a conversation about, you know, the the character behind martial arts and in the just what it means to be, um, you know, a martial artist. And that started shifting my perspective. It was a total change in how I was looking at the world. And that came up repeatedly in my life. You know, the things that, that I, the reason that I got into these things or the reason that I started doing something didn't end up being the way, reason, it didn't end up being the lesson that I learned. And mm -hmm. it usually is a big impetus for change. And it's been, it's been cool to reflect on that and see that how those those things that we don't think are the reason end up being a, a different type of lesson than we thought 
Yeah. And, you know, in martial arts, there are struggles just like in life. Can you remember any struggles you had going through Taekwondo as a little guy? Almost daily. I was, I was so socially awkward. It was, it was difficult for me to connect with people and to build those relationships. And I was so unsure of myself and um, just not confident in my own skin. And then I, I, but I saw all these men, you know, Brandon Miller and you and Todd Dorr. And I saw all these men around that were comfortable and they were doing, you know, they were leading other people and they were teaching these classes. And I wanted that. I wanted that. So um, it was the first time in my life where I just, I was like, you know what, I've got to just work at this and continue to, you know, chip away at it. And um, I, I could have never imagined in my life that little tiny Joey saying, oh, yeah, when you're 33 years old, you're going to be doing a podcast with with Master Farrell. So this is this is cool. You know, I looked up to all you guys so much and and uh, appreciate all the foundation that you laid for a lot of struggle throughout the rest of my life. So thank you. That's so cool to hear you. You think that was 25 years ago when you were doing this and learning how to. Uh, well, hopefully be a, be a better person because that's what we talk about after the class. We sit down and we give some type of talk after every class on how to be a better citizen person. What's a win that you can remember early on? Something that you really were proud of? I think it's that letter I sent you the picture of <laughs> um, this morning. My my, I cannot believe my mom dug that out of all of our of our all of our belongings. But when I made competition team for Ferrells, that was just. That was so cool to me to go out into these festivals and these parades and, you know, break boards and do things and, and just show off what I, what I worked hard to learn. That was, that was so cool to me. And that was one of the first times where I saw that hard work really pay off in a meaningful way for me. So. That's cool. And, you know, Todd remembered, I told him I was doing this call with you and he remembered your dad coming in with having like, pants with concrete splattered on them or something and he'd go out after class and go check to see if it was hard or something after pouring concrete all day do you remember much about that your dad seemed to be a hard worker oh hardest worker in the room that's so cool and, and something that i take into my parenting today you know no matter how hard he worked throughout the day he still had time to to be out swinging us on the tire swing and you know down on the floor playing and and just no matter how exhausted he was, you know, and there's, there's times where he's like holding the little figurine kind of nodding off. Cause you know, the human body has limitations, but mm -hmm. he, he is one of the hardest working men I've ever met. And um, he, he continues that to this day. He's, he's like the energizer bunny. He doesn't stop. So you had the hard work ethic and you had some brothers too, Todd said that maybe did martial arts about the same time you were doing it. And your dad took the time to bring you guys to the class yeah, he, we all did it together. So my dad, my two younger brothers, I, I, I never, you know, I'm sitting here reflecting. I don't think I've ever really talked much about that with with my brothers, but I do remember that being such a cool thing and, and something I don't see a lot where, you know, dads are willing to to go out and try something brand new at their age and just learn a martial art or, you know, do something. And so I'm excited to to get into that with Declan and, um, you know, see where that leads. And, you know, maybe maybe he wants to do Taekwondo and I can get back into it. That'd be that'd be fun. So that would be, 
Yeah. So your dad was doing it for you, I would assume, and your brothers more than he was himself. But just a long day working hard and coming to do a martial arts, he had to be to a certain degree exhausted because martial arts is hard. It's hard work. I, I, I have a lot of respect for him, you know, in that in that way. And, you know, this came up in another one of your podcasts is just that getting complete with your parents and realizing just how much they gave for you to have that type of childhood, you know regardless of what your view is on it that you know it's it's almost always their best in the time and um, mm-hmm. in in martial arts you know start as a white belt then you get your yellow orange green blue brown red black do you remember what belt you got to i want to say green okay or yeah something i i can't remember for sure my mom would have to fact check me on this but the story is that we moved um i parents bought a piece of land out in the country and it just wasn't feasible any longer to drive from west of Adel, Iowa, all the way back uh, into Urbandale at the time. So, so I was taken out of that. And, you know, we actually had a really good, he- uh, some, some familial healing there when we talked about that decision and, and my parents were able to just say, you know, I, we really re- regret that um, because it was something where I was really finding my identity, something where I was really enjoying and stepping out of my comfort zone. And um, while they do still believe it was the best for the family, uh, they wish that, you know, maybe we had done something different and uh, continue to do to do martial arts there. Um, mm-hmm. So that was that was really cool to hear that. And and to be honest, I really resented them for that when I was when I was a kid. But um you know, my mom was a teacher. My dad worked construction. There just wasn't a lot of time in the day or, or money to be driving back and forth and, and doing that. So, again, you know, did the best with what they had. And um, mm-hmm. I, I learned so many valuable lessons without continuing on. So, well, if I'm doing the math right on the drive, it'd be probably a close to an hour drive from where you're saying you lived into the location. And, and, you know, credit to them, Greenbelt in our program took probably about one year to get to. And I always told parents, you know, if your children are in this program for at least a year, they're going to get great benefit from it. And it sounds to me like you did get great benefit from it. Now, it would have been nice to get your black belt, which is four years. But at the same time, I think you got great value from it, from what it sounds like. I did. And, the you know, what the way it showed up the most was when I joined the military and they're, they started teaching their core values and and I was like, oh, this sounds familiar. You know, these sound this sounds like the same type of lesson that I got in martial arts. And, you know, I carried that through my military service, um, you know, all the way through, you know, when I came back. And, and part of the reason I, I like to share this story is, is so that anybody who's who's struggling, anybody who's suffering um, knows that there's there's a path out. And there was a time in my life where I was back from my second deployment, I was really struggling. I was drinking a lot to numb that and um, just not showing up in the world in a, in a way that that I'm proud of. And so I, you know, I gained a bunch of weight. I was at that time over 300 pounds. You know, that was a, that was a tough period of time, but those, those values and going back to those and just having that indomitable spirit and having the courage to say, you know, hey, I need some help. I need some coaching. You know, I need somebody in my life that that was huge and it it led me out of there you know i remember feeling hopeless i guess is the best way way to put it um i felt like i was doing everything i could i was engaged i was expect we were expecting 
And, you know, the common knowledge is that, you know, there's no cure for complex post-traumatic stress. And, uh, you know, being a helicopter crew chief on a medevac helicopter, I, you know, I saw people on just the worst days of their lives. And that was really sticking with me. And so as I was working through that, trying to figure that out, but then also being told there's no cure for this, that's a really hopeless place to be. So that's, you know, that's when I started um, getting back into fitness and, you know, losing a bunch of weight, started to go back to some of those core tenets of, of, um, you know, perseverance, I think is another one of them. And mm-hmm. just saying, you know what, this is just where we're at and there's no shame in it. And I had to be vulnerable with people and um, because I wasn't being honest with other people about just how, how bad it was. I got sober for about six months and then I found this organization called Save a Warrior and they taught me an immense amount of things. And, you know, I'm blessed to be mentored by a lot of men in that organization to this day. It's given me a life that I couldn't, I couldn't have imagined, you know, I couldn't have imagined. So. Wow. You know, so yeah, PTSD is real and you've lived it. And it's, I've have a lot of friends actually that are done a lot of the same things that you're talking about and having those same struggles. I think it, uh, it says it actually in Proverbs, teach your children the way and they will come back to it. And I, I believe that you're, you're a living example of that your dad taught you good values that you did a lot of classes with Todd Dorg, you heard his speeches. You knew how to get back to that. And you've gone full circle. You got off track a little bit, but you've come back. And you were telling me before this, you had a success coach that talked to you that had been over 300 pounds, that had, had drinking issues. And that person really took you under his wing to help you get in better shape and to find yourself. I think that's a great story. He was a pivotal moment in my life. You know, I would go to these gyms and, you know, hear the weights drop. And that would, I didn't understand it at the time, but that would trigger me so hard that, and it would just, cause it would, that mm. just feeling like a mortar or something. And, and mm-hmm. it just, I didn't realize it. I didn't even have any understanding if that's what was going on, but then I would be, I would stay out of the gym for days after that. And, um, it wasn't, you know, he just kept checking on me and just saying, Hey man, I haven't seen you in a few days. How, how you been? And not, not, a, not in like a shame thing, like where you been? Um, but just like a genuine care. And, you know, that's something that I try to remember to this day as I, as I reach back and try to lead other men through, you know, whatever it is in their life, that's not working, just, just caring about them and being of service to them. And, you know, you talked about master Pock telling you that, um, you know, pick up the dishes and, and take them into the kitchen and, you know, just being of service. And that's so important to remember that sometimes that's just enough to get you out of your own head, to get you some momentum and, and build on that. Um, but that, that coach changed my life. Yeah. And it's uh, for, um, uh, men for a man, it's important to have those mentors. Like you said, you have in save a warrior also, it's uh, incredibly important. I was thinking about, you said weights dropping and that would trigger your mind back. And I, I always was curious because people that haven't served in the military will buy a bunch of fireworks and be lighting them off on 4th of July and maybe not thinking about people that may be affected by that. Does that affect you at all when you hear fireworks going off? Not anymore. Something I say all the time is, you know, I, I mistook something that wasn't my fault for something that wasn't my responsibility. 
Um, you know, it wasn't my fault that I got PTSD, but it, it was definitely my responsibility to address it and and come back and and find those triggers and find those places where I didn't feel safe anymore and work through those in therapy and work through those with coaches and other people who have done it. I'm, you know, I'm not the first guy to go to war. You know, I'm not, I'm not special in that, in that regard. So, um, it, it's finding, finding those people and, and, and not to minimize the struggle. Like I get it. I, it sucked for a really long time, but it's, it was my job to fix that. So no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a guy that says, don't light off your fireworks. Please do. Nobody loves America like I do. So, uh, you know, I, I think that those places where we find that we're uncomfortable are are great teachers for us. And and for me in my life, anytime that I find those uncomfortable places, I, I go, okay, well, what's this trying to teach me? And um, I'm lucky that I have mentors in my life to help guide me through that. Cause sometimes I get wrapped up in my own, in my own head about it, but they're able to point it out because they're not married to me. Tell us what you do for a career. I started as a collector, uh, a collector at the height of the housing market crisis in 2008. So you can imagine there was quite a bit of a turmoil going on financially for folks and um, just slowly worked my way up the ladder at a, at a large Fortune 50 financial company. Uh, just recently left there a few weeks ago. Um, I was doing process engineering. And so taking, you know, I found over the over time that what i really enjoyed was taking something and making it better and and being able to prove it you know being able to statistically prove that it's a better process when we were done i found that by accident i didn't know that that was a career somebody told me one time he was like hey joe uh do you know that you do this thing kind of naturally that that is actually a career and people go to college for i was like oh that's cool what is it he's like he said uh it's process engineering and um so i got into that and they uh ironically enough they use belts in there to delineate the level of proficiency so um earned my black belt there uh through um a couple of different places both wells fargo and then uh, another um, institution and now i'm doing uh black belt six sigma work for a transportation company that uh, does busing and um transportation for people with special needs all throughout the united states do they actually call it black belt? Yeah, they do. That's so fun. Yeah. So you finally got your black belt. <laughs> I did. Yeah, just a different discipline, Lance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, to me, that's a level of mastery, you know, when you talk black belt. But at the same time, when you get your black belt in martial arts, it's like getting a white belt. You have to mentally that you're a beginner, you're starting over. Mm -hmm. It never goes to your head because there's always some more out there to learn. 100%. Yeah, it's... The certificate is not indicative of the level of proficiency, and uh, I, I do well to remember that. So I'm I'm always learning. I'm always taking new courses and asking a lot of questions. So always a student, right? Oh yes, that's my favorite thing is to learn. I believe I ran into you at at an event at Lutheran Church of Hope. Maybe was that when I saw you after years of not seeing you? Maybe. Yeah. 24 years or whatever that was. Yeah, hey, I'm Joey. Yeah. You recognize me. I would have never recognized you because you're tall and hairy now. Yeah, I look a little bit different than than I did probably back in the early 90s. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, that's what a lot of this that struggle led back to is it led me back to faith. And um that was important. You know, I spent a lot of time veering away from that. And 
as I as I went through these struggles and leaned into that a little bit more, I realized that that's always been there. I just I just had turned my back to it. And, you know, I found a, a com- another community of mentors, another community of men that um, that just want to see me succeed. And I actually ran into um, somebody that I absolutely idolized, Brandon Miller, um, there. And, and I, I was like, did you happen to teach Taekwondo back in the day by chance? And he was like, yeah. I was like, no way, you know, and he was just, you know, when I was a kid and he was, you know, a teenager, um, he was one of those guys that I just, I was like, I want what that guy has, you know? And, and so, um, it was cool to reconnect with him. And then, you know, subsequently a few months later run into you there and it just, um, it was just confirmation of the path that I was on that, you know, that this is, this is the way and, and to, uh, lean back into that. So. I'm very, I, I love that church. I think that they're a great group of people and, um, and really dedicated to, to pointing people back to Christ, which is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's anything better than a Bible based church that really leans in on that. And that's what hope does. And yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Brandon, actually the podcast hasn't been released yet, but it will be soon. And it's funny because when he was teaching you, he is like, clean shaven you know young guy now he's got this big zz top beard and i always joke about it I did on the podcast too that that's not a chin under his beard that's another fist you know chuck norris oh, joke funny. right funny. <laughs> it, it was it's just it's cool to you know get vulnerable with people because i find that the more open you are the more we all have the same experiences you know the variables are going to be different the people the players the things are different but there's a lot of the experiences that are the same. And, you know, when I reconnected with him and just kind of told him where my life was at, he was able to say, Hey man, I've kind of been there, not exactly, but in a similar situation. And, um, and that was comforting to know that like, you know, I'm not, I'm not the only one. And, and that's the same thing the Saber Warrior does is it says like, Hey, yeah, I get it. You, you know, life sucks right now. And, and there's a, there's a way through it. That that mentorship, that being coachable, being honest, and and talking to people is so important. And I think maybe men are a little bit less apt to do that in today's society. Mm-hmm. We can handle ourselves, right? Yeah, we're tough. Yeah, John Wayne, right? Yeah. Clint Eastwood, manly man can do it without talking to somebody. That's not really the truth. Yeah, it works until it doesn't. Well, this has been a really cool podcast interview with you joey is there anything else you'd like to talk about just say again you know thank you for everything early on in life and um it really laid the foundation for me and in the martial arts and it was so cool to see uh ferals expand into the body shaping and and um you know i have friends that have parents that own those gyms now and i just it was so cool to just be like oh man i was kind of a part of that when it was not that thing and um yeah i just congratulations on all your success there with you and just all the people in that community and uh and thank you well you're very welcome joe and I, i'll say it again on this podcast today that my success comes from my faith it comes from my instructor grandmaster yonsian pox history and faith and what he taught me and what's so cool about the body shaping program, I think it's very unique to Feral's Dream Body Shaping is that it's 
it's the martial arts culture laid over the fitness process. And the fitness process is simple. It's the body for life thing that Bill Phillips wrote the book years ago. And basing our program on that as far as the physical side and how to get there, and then putting the martial arts culture, the care, the Mr. Miyagi, which is our master Pac, putting that culture on top of it is what really makes it makes it successful because we focus on the good things and the wins, what people are doing to benefit themselves and not focus on the negative of what do they do wrong, but what do they do right? And it's that easy, simple thing that makes us a big old family. It's just fun to see that you own a location and you're just open arms, welcomed by everybody standing there. And it's rare to, to be, you know, we're, we're a society that's just drowning in the ability to connect, but um longing for true connection and it's it's cool to see that it's it's very apparent when you walk into any ferals that those people are not just there to work out they're there because they enjoy being around each other they're you know they're joking they're laughing they know what's going on in, in everybody's life and um that's so important to have that community centered around a common goal so it's a God thing. We're very blessed. And we're blessed to have had you as a student, as a little guy, because I'm sure we learned as much from you as you learn from us. That's how it works. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's that is how mentorship works, isn't it? I, you know, I learn more from any of the guys that I work with than, than they'll ever learn from me. Um, it's it's really, really powerful. So I think maybe the only last thing I'd like to say is if, you know, if you're a veteran or we also they also help first responders, but if you're just if you're feeling stuck or the phrase that we use a lot is that when your life isn't working, you know, whatever that looks like, um, that Save a Warrior organization, I, I believe in them wholeheartedly and um, can't say enough, apply. Um, they would love to have you and and help in any way possible. So it may be Save a Warrior. I love it. Warrior.org. Yep. Save a Warrior.org. Go check it out. Those that are interested and Joey. Thanks for your time today. Love talking with you. And I'm sure I'll see you at Hope or other places around the city. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much, Lance. Have a great day. And until next time, this is Lance Farrell with Life at Level 10. Please be sure to like it and subscribe if you'd like to hear more episodes.